Before we begin this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on new episodes. Welcome back to Fan Wonderland, and it's time to fall down the rabbit hole with us once again. Today we're thrilled to welcome our first fellow Tasmanian, Nathan Lovejoy. You may know Nathan from the V Energy Drink ads in that wonderful green spandex suit, or Gabby Duran and the Unsuitables on the Disney Channel, which we'll be hitting shortly soon. But most Australians would probably know Nathan as Borkman from Sammy, Jay and Randy in Ricketts Lane on ABC. Welcome, Nathan, and thanks for giving up your time to chat with us today. Hey, TJ, thanks for having me. It's good to be here with a fellow Tasmanian. <laughs> yeah, you sound like Borkman, then. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I can get you to call me a dickhead, we'll be doing well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> TJ, you're such a dickhead. Something like that. So Yeah, something like that. And for those that for those that didn't get the reference, it was a Ricketts Lane reference. Which, which... <laughs> Maybe we need to. You might need to beep one out for the twelve-year-olds. Oh, I. At, at this point, we've got enough swearing through the entire fifty-plus episodes. I think <laughs> I think they'll be okay. They'll no cut. We we generally mark it as language. So if you want to swear, you go nuts because <laughs> we have one that actively tried to do it, and it, yeah. <laughs> I was like, afterwards, I was like, yeah, could have sworn. <laughs> The, uh, the other one that you may not know, and we'll, we'll sort of go in a bit of a haphazard order, the, f- the first thing obviously being the V-Drink ads, a lot of Australians would probably know of it. Unfortunately for your international listeners, I don't know where you can find them because I tried to do some digging on YouTube before this and yeah. not much luck, but it involves Nathan in a spandex suit with his undies on the outside and drinking a V-Energy drink. I mean, it's some of my finest work. Oh, you? yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now if then I'm I'm assuming that unlike most Australians would know of the V Energy drink ads. I don't know if they're still really doing them anymore, but that I think it was also a New Zealand company as well, I believe. So I think it's moved on. I think they're onto a mm. I think they've they've shifted their focus away from superheroes to, to nah, something. Sa- sa- sadly, I had, yeah. Look, I had, I had a good run. I had a good run. <laughs> and it was quite a few years in the role, I think, too, wasn't it? Yeah, which is always what you're um, always what you're, you're hanging out for as a, as an actor in Australia. You wanna you wanna get a TV commercial that rolls over for a couple of years so you get paid again. Now the other one that I don't think, and coincidentally, you're our second actor in a smallish role on the show is you've been on The Good Place, which our previous guest Luke Goldan also was on The Good Place. But yep. you were Gail Mibson, which for those yeah. unaware, it was the bank where Tahani tried to get a fortune transferred to Jason, mm-hmm. and I imagine you still remember your, your lollipop line, given you had like two lines. Yeah, yeah, I do. It was uh, it was a it was a fun day and cool to. I actually haven't finished watching the entire show. I'm not up to up to date, but I do love it, and it's always uh, it's always pretty cool. I mean, it hasn't happened that many times in my life, but when you get to go onto a show that's already on TV and you're a fan of it, it's it's uh, it's it's a real kind of thrill stepping into a scene with people that you've watched and laughed at before yeah it was fun yeah and the the main one i suppose the big one at the moment which is i'd like to say it is the one you're known for given that's what your imdb says but it's a bit hard because australia hasn't got it yet is (laughs) gabby duran and the unsuitables are you able to tell us poor australians who get everything way too fucking late yeah how what that exactly is about what it's like Oh yeah, what what it's about? Yeah, sure. It's about um, it's a it's about a girl, a, a middle schooler, which is kind of what is the equivalent in Australia, year seven and eight, I think, or, or thereabouts, kind of a a fourteen year old girl, and she uh, is enlisted by her principal, played by me, who's a shape shifting alien, 
to babysit aliens that are living in secret on Earth. So that's the essential premise of the show. And it's on Disney Channel in the US at the moment, which is a cable channel over there. And it's uh, there's a Disney Channel on Foxtel here too. So that's been playing since October over there. We just had a little break um, over Christmas and they just aired the 11th episode, I think. So, yeah, it's kind of aimed at a tween audience, would be fair to say. Uh, anyone would enjoy it from sort of nine to... 15 i suppose and, and and parents as well but it's been lots of fun it's a single camera comedy so that's in the spirit of the good place you'd call that a single camera comedy whereas a lot of disney channel stuff in the past is what you call multi-cam so more stage sitcom where it's just performed on a stage and it's filmed with normally five to seven cameras um and so this is more your traditional sing- single camera uh sitcom and yeah it's a lot of fun it's pretty uh it's pretty smart Pretty, pretty whip smart for a kid's show, and there's uh, a lot of fun stuff to uh, to play. We have a good time doing it. Sounds a little bit like a tween Doctor Who, but less scary, I guess. That's, that's exactly right. I've had a lot of comparisons to, to Doctor Who. I also play uh, Principal Swift as uh, with an English, really kind of toffee English accent, um, which probably leads to the comparisons to Doctor Who. Um but it's 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 a lot of fun. It's and it's in a way, funny story, given that you're a fan of uh, Sammy J and Randy and Rickett Slane, is when I got the job. Well, when I when I when the showrunners decided that they wanted to see me for the job, it was because my manager in the U.S. actually sent them some clips of of Rickett Slane, which of course is a long way from uh, a Disney channel. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, but there is a, a, a really similar energy between Borkman and, and, and Swift. Uh, so there's definitely some, some crossover there. He's, he's pretty, pretty fun to play. A complete lack of self-awareness uh, about the world around him and, and constantly uh, putting his foot in it and, and getting things wrong and, and, and not really understanding what's going on, which, of course, is a, a real gift when you're playing, playing comedy. Yeah. And the, and the one that I, I gather... A lot of Tasmanians we were of, and we'll get to Sammy Jane and, Rickett, and Randy and Rickett Slane shortly. The the one that I gather a lot of Tasmanians would know, and I think it did eventually go to the US, is the Ketron incident you were also in. Yep, yep. Which, which as most of us that love it are aware, is probably not going to get a season two. Yeah. And leave us, left us with a lot of cliffhangers, which I feel, I think the producer might have learnt from and sort of didn't give us a big cliffhanger in the gloaming. Thank goodness for yeah. that. <laughs> have you watched? Have you watched the gloaming yet? I have. Yes. And yeah. for those for those that want that, that's on Stan Ketrine. I'm still not sure what's going on there because yeah, I don't logically you would think it'd be on Stan. It's on. It was on Amazon in the US. So I don't know if that would be the same thing here. But and, um, yeah, Fox yeah. usually goes like Siren and everything goes to Stan. So yeah. I'm, I imagine it's a rights issue of some sort. I would, I'd imagine that it's only on Foxtel or something. I'd say so. Weird, because the... it is a Foxtel original and it's still there, I think, so that's probably yeah. why. There's... But that, I, I know you're in a couple of episodes of that, I believe, from memory. Yep, yep. Did a couple, had a, had a couple of uh, scenes with uh, Elizabeth Debicki and it was good. It was a real, you know, it's hard when you go onto TV shows just for a day or two days. It's always a very strange experience. I think I just got back from a trip to the US. It was quite a long time ago. I think it was even before we did Ricketts Lane, so maybe the end of... 2014 the Kettering incident had a really long um post uh process for some reason 
and yeah, I came down after I just remember I'd landed back in Sydney and I came down to Hobart for a couple of nights and did the scenes turn around and uh, went home. But it was uh, it was good and Elizabeth was was lovely and I had a had a fun time. And actually, it was the first time. Is this true? I think it is true. It, it was the first time I'd been back in Tassie uh, since I was fifteen. Because I don't know, I guess we weren't recording before, but yeah, I, I was born in Tasmania and lived there until I was five. And then I went there on a school camp um, for high school when I was, uh, you know, 14, 15. And then I hadn't, I just hadn't been back for some reason. So it was my, it was a homecoming of sorts, even though it was only for 48 hours. Hopefully, now that like the gloaming's been filmed in Tassie, hopefully there's going to be more production in Tassie because we're not really utilized greatly like Sydney's used a lot. You know, Victoria's mm. used the light, but mm. like we've had two series filmed in Tassie, and it's yeah. by the same producer, which I think is Victoria Madden. Yeah, like, and, that's... Ro- and Ro- Rose Haven. I wrote. True. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah, so there's yeah, three, yeah, but, that, but still, we've three compared to like you know, City Homicide. I think that was Sydney. You know, there's all these other like 90 percent of Australian stuff's filmed on the mainland, yeah. and we've had three series filmed in Tassie. Yeah, like yeah. there's. I know there's funding issues and stuff, but it feels like we could do a little bit more here. But well, hopefully, you know, hopefully the gloaming gets a season two. It'd be cool actually to see you in that. Just not, not an excuse to get you back to Tassie, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it'd also be just because you've done a lot of comedy. It'd be interesting yeah. to see you in a darker, more you like a darker, different role. Yeah. Like yeah, we've had definitely. Lisa Gormley on here and like that role was completely different to anything I've seen her do. Yeah. And just, I'm not going to spoil it for anyone listening. I just fair hated her character. She portrayed the character well, but her character is horrible. Yeah, like yeah, there's yeah. a horrible human, um, yeah. and so it's just it's just like it's good to see a, like a variety of roles that you can do that. Yeah, definitely. Um, like Lisa was that different. I was I messaged her. I was like, I didn't realize it was you until episode two because they didn't let you speak, and you've got. A slightly different tone of hair, and <laughs> which is always nice to see a different yeah, role. Yeah, uh, sure. There's just yeah, there's just there seems to be a bit of a I don't know. These we've got all these great places, although oh, without spoiling the scene, have you seen the all the gloaming? So far? I haven't. I haven't seen any. There's of like it, one I've... scene at the start, which as someone who's Tasmanian, you understand. They pull up to waterworks, and then walk across like. It's right there, but the crime scene is somewhere like Russell Falls. Yeah. And for anyone outside of Tasmania, they're nowhere near each other. Yeah. And so a lot of the time, I was going, "What? Hang on, no, yeah. that's 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 not how that works. That's Doesn't not where it is." Yeah. So, so we just yeah. have someone go to waterworks and go, "Where's the big waterfall?" Yeah. And we're like, "It's it's not here." And yeah. so I think that's a little jarring, probably because I'm not used to seeing Tassie in so much. Yeah. It's like yeah. in Kettering, there was the Chigwell news agent which like i grew up around there as a kid i know it inside yeah. out i'm like yeah. there is no medical center there that's not junk that's like a, a junk secondhand tip shop sort of thing sounds like that's like not a medical clinic sounds <laughs> like this really it's really messed with your your suspension of disbelief a little, um, little, little bit especially when you yeah. know the places like really well Definitely. like Ketrin forest was actually myrtle forest because yeah. i've been there hey i know what it yeah. looks like i know yeah. the paths like yeah, that's that it does a little bit I think, and that's that's possibly just because we don't see a lot of it in yeah. you know like you see the US shows and you're like oh I recognise you know they've used that shot 
I was watching something last night and I was like, ah, that's the same sort of shot they've used in other ones. Yeah. Which yep. is really cool. And like you recognize the place and then keep going. It's, and it's not a discredit to the gloaming or kitchen or anything. It's just the fact that we've got so little content to see where we live. Mm. It's just like, ah, oh, okay. And so it sort of pulls you out a little bit. I mean, the story mm-hmm. pulls you back in a hundred percent. So if you're Australian and got Stan, go watch it. Cause it's great. Yeah. And, Foxtel, go watch Catherine and then you can see Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you've also done a few that I don't think a lot of people will be aware of. There's one called Becoming Bond I found on your IMDb, which mm-hmm. even I didn't know about. Was yeah. That, was that an unofficial doco? Uh, no, was it official? no, it's on Hulu over there. And it's, uh, that'd be what? Um, oh, what is the Australian Bond called? George Lazenby, I was almost going to blank on that, who was the Australian guy who played Bond for a time. Um, it's a great watch, actually. I don't know where you could find it to stream in Australia, but it was directed by a guy called Josh Rosenbaum, I think, off the top of my head. And I fell into that. I just did a couple of little scenes in that. It was like a um, sort of in the spirit of a drunk history. It was a, a part documentary, part reenactment. And it was really funny. People, people loved it. And so it was about Lazenby, who was the first, who was an Australian Bond, and then had an opportunity to continue playing George Bo- Bo- uh, James Bond. He had like the offer of a sort of multi-picture deal and then subsequently refused it. And so it's sort of the story of his life and how he came to play Bond. He basically talked himself into the role. Um, so he was one of those great Australian larrikins. But I got that because Josh Lawson, who you probably know, who was on House of Lies in the US, and thank God you're here in Australia, played George Lazenby and Stephen Merchant from the uh, creator of The Office um, is a similar stature to me. He's about six foot seven. He was meant to cameo in it as this school principal. So clearly I've got a thing to play. <laughs> and he, I think he, he dropped out and they were like, let's just find someone else who's about six foot seven. And somehow Josh got onto me and, and that's how I wound up doing it. But yeah, that was my, actually my first, um, you know, legit, legit job in the, in the U S and it was fun. That's the way it goes, you know, baby steps. There's no, no, no small roles, TJ, just, just small actors. Uh, if you've got an affinity for school principals, I think if we get a season two of the gloaming, there's your role. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's got to be a principal in there somewhere. Well, there, there is a school there. So yes. Uh, yeah. There's, there's a Good transition and it seems it can be done. Actually, there's uh, have you watched any of looking for Alaska? Have you heard of that show? No, I'm, I'm aware it's on stand, but no, I haven't actually... Yeah, check that out. That's based on a book, but that's got um, uh, Timothy Simons uh, from Veep, who played Jonah, and he is the school principal of a boarding school. So, you know, I can make that, that transition from comedy to, to serious school principal is, is possible. Oh, yeah, which... There we, there we go. Hopefully we can get a season two. So yeah, fingers crossed. Put the put, put the word out. Get some, get some billboards up in Hobart. Let's bring let's bring Nathan Lovejoy home. There's an idea. <laughs> <laughs> or just just like message Stan daily, going, look, I want I the role. Give it to me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's the that's the problem sometimes as well when when you go over to the states, depending on what the the show is and and I guess the profile of the show, just because there's so much content content mm. being created now that you can go and have a career in the US and, and do, you know, pretty well and, and work a lot and still be largely 
unknown in the yeah. country that you're trying to come from. So that's 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 part of the problem. Sometimes it's hard to hard to hard to get a job back in Australia still. So I think the billboards and the emails would really help. So get onto that. So yeah, for anyone listening, get on the stand <laughs> and let them know. <laughs> yeah. And, and I th- the one that I actually wasn't aware of, and I gather a lot of our gaming listeners would be quite intrigued by, is yeah. you had a, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a brief role or or what, in the Star Wars The Old Republic Onslaught, which oh, I believe mate. was last year. You're all over the IMDb. I am. That, yeah, that, that, I mean, is that game out? Has it come out yet? I'm unsure. That's it's something that I came across your IMDb, and it says 2019, so... I saw some billboards for a Star Wars game when I was in LA, um, so I don't know if that's... Are you it, sure that wasn't but... Fallen Order? Because that was around August. Uh, no, it was recently, um, but look, the truth is I have no idea. I, 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 I don't mind a bit of uh, a, a, a bit of video game time. I've got a PS4. My, my, my game of choice is... Uh, NBA 2K20, and, you know, I've been playing a little bit of Red Dead, but I don't know much about the Star Wars franchise. October released, yes. So, yes, it's out. Oh, good, good. Um, but, yeah, I just I have a voiceover agent over there as well, and at some point I would have recorded a tape, uh, like an audition, and just randomly got booked to go in and, and voice some stuff. So you go in and I voiced a whole lot of I couldn't even tell you, TJ. It's such a... <laughs> A blur. I went in there for two or three days, and you end up recording. And you know what video games are like—just hours and hours and hours of content. So you know, storm, random stormtroopers, emperors. I mean, I, I went in there and did a handful of things: English people, American people. Um, Were you a Star Wars fan prior, or? I'm not. Re- Look, to be honest, I know that's sacrilegious to say. I don't. Oh, really? have, I, I don't have the Star Wars uh, DNA. It wasn't. I don't think I was indo- indoctrinated as a as a child as I as I should have been. So I enjoy it in uh, as a as a casual fan, but um, I wouldn't be much much help at a trivia night, a Star Wars trivia <laughs> <night> that way. <laughs> no, no. Obviously, obviously, we say we say we get to it, and we will. Sammy Jane and, and Randy and Ricketts Lane. Mm. Probably, I would imagine for most of our Australian listeners, the one they would know you the most from. In the cast is stacked with like Dilruk. Uh, I'm just trying to remember the bunch of. I think there's a few cameos in there as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or oh, you mean that who who was in the cast? Oh, just the cast alone is stacked. Boom. Yeah. Yourself. George, George, George Achara, Sam, you know Sammy and Randy, of course. And what? I've totally forgotten the name of my wife from the show, who's been doing some stuff with Sammy recently. Victoria Vincent. But, yeah, who played Victoria Vincent? What's oh, her name? Jeez. Oh. We're both both we're disgracing ourselves here. We'll have to put this in the put this in the blurb when you uh, when you put this online that we apologize profusely to her. Thumbs um, down, Nathan. It's a massive thumbs down, buddy. Uh, yeah, but it was it was cool. I mean it was so much fun. We were talking before, I think, again before we started. It's such a shame that it didn't get to to keep going and, and, and Dilrook I mean, Sam Healy, Sam Healy, Sam Healy, Sam Healy, I'm sorry, Sam, (laughs) Sam, I apologize profusely. I still, I still love you. Um, but, uh, it was, it's, you know, we're coming up on, uh, it's five years ago. Um, but Dilruk, I mean, Dilruk's on, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here in Australia right now. And have you been paying attention as well? He's, 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 he's huge. And 
the dude shredded. He became a, he's pretty much become a full time. I think uh, I saw that. Yeah, full time runner. Gave up drinking and uh, and you know runs runs every day and and lost a, a whole lot of weight. Um, but he he is just a, a amazingly funny and and it's so great to see him have such huge success um, back here in Australia. So yeah, it's funny to think that he was essentially a bit of a, a bit of a walk on in the series. I think if we ever get that ten uh, year reunion series series that. Um, Michael, which was Dilruk's character, would have to be uh, have to be written up considerably, or else he probably wouldn't agree to do it. We'd have to have him in there oh, a yeah. lot more. I think. Yeah. What was it like acting opposite Randy, opposite a puppet? Ah, very difficult. I mean, <laughs> he, he's he's. Uh, I don't know if you saw. He posted something on his Instagram recently. We ran into each other in LA, and he accosted me on the street. And um, <laughs> I still blame him. For the lack of uh, lack of a renewal for season two, <laughs> as you I, should. <laughs> I, I let him. I really let him have it. If anyone wants to see that, I think it's on Randy's Instagram. I regret how angry I got, um, but you know, that's uh, that's sometimes it's hard to suppress your feelings. But no, look honestly, he he is he is he is great. Amazingly amazingly skilled. I try not to um, not to mention the man behind Randy. Randy is Randy. And uh, and yeah, working with him was uh, was a dream. I mean, you can read between the lines here. He's incredibly skilled to do. Uh, oh yeah. To do television as a as a, as a as a um, he hates being called this, but as a what's I'm sorry, Randy. I'm going to call you a puppet. Uh, <laughs> it's just it's the most extraordinary thing, and and what he's able to do, and the way he's able to put his performance together is 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 just so impressive to watch and uh and it was great and and that's one of the big things that uh is is a regret of not being able to go back and do it again it's just so much fun working with him and and such a different experience to working with a regular human i suppose but yeah it was it was awesome he's a prick but uh I oh yeah working, but i but i loved working with him i mean you you, you were in a gimp suit in front of him so fair <laughs> fair that is that that is true. Yeah, that was not uh, not a not a favourite of my mum and dad, Sammy Jane Randy. <laughs> they're, they're, they're much more. Um, I think it involved enjoying, a goldfish as well, from memory. Yeah, they're enjoying the Disney Channel shows much more. Oh, I'd way. imagine so. Yeah, I mean, I think what we had your better ass, you making out in a toilet, you in a game suit. Yeah, me. <laughs> You're uh, on all fours with goldfish. Either. Leopard print, leopard print, um, uh, you know, um, brief bathers. What do you call those when they're budgie when smugglers? They're, yeah, budgie smugglers. That's what I was looking for. Leopard, leopard skin, uh, budgie smugglers. Yeah, we uh, we tick some tick some boxes on that show. That's for sure. Be interesting. To I see appreciate that joke because there's a bunch yeah, of you out there that wouldn't boxes. get that. It's a song from the show. If you're a fan, you see what I did there. I did. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see with Sammy doing breakfast radio in Melbourne now, and he's kind of changing changing demographic as he attracts more uh, slightly older fans. I wonder if they go in search of his TV show, how how some of those baby boomers will react. Even to the show. playground politics, I think, is remarkably tame for Sammy compared to. Oh, definitely. definitely. I mean, I saw his show at the Theatre Royal. That was less R-rated than I thought it would be. Yeah, and I think that's true. You do kind of have to, you know, it makes sense that 
you know, over your career, you kind of evolve with your with your audience, and and he'd be smart to to kind of make that make that adjustment. I, I mean, think. he did undress a guy on stage, pretty much. So yeah, well, ho- hopefully, if you can still, if we ever got to make the show again, he could return to his his punk rock roots and not uh, not lose not lose his breakfast radio hosting job. Have you stapled anyone else's hand to a desk yet? Yeah, I love that scene. It's just so much about that show. It was one of the few things that when I often when you you know you no one will be surprised to know that you know when you're an actor on on TV it can sometimes be a little bit hard to to watch your work back, particularly the the first time. It's so I just love so much about that show and particularly that scene that I. For those that don't know, I staple Sammy J's handy hand to a desk with a with a stapler, and uh, it was great. I love the way it turned out. But I guess I didn't re- in the scene. I didn't really staple his hand, but it's uh, it was very uh, it was it was very funny. I, I love the way that show turned out, and that scene is definitely one of my one of my favorites. I think, and for the, for those that watch space, probably didn't realize it either. The sign under Borkman's law changes every episode as well. Yeah. I can't remember any of them. I don't remember many of them, but like I know it changed each time. Very funny. I mean, it just whenever I, I almost have to, I almost can't. I, I can't. We can continue to talk about it, but whenever I really get deep into a discussion about Ricketts Lane, I, I'm just like, I just can't believe that we didn't get to to do that again. Because also with shows, it's like it was such a high. It's a high concept show. You know, it was weird. Um, and and shows, it doesn't matter if. You know, what I'm trying to say is often other other regions in the world look at the English model and the Australian Australian model of making TV shows where we have like six episodes. Mm. You hear a lot of talk in the US now where they're like, oh, that is the way to do it. You know, it's it's quick like with um, Fleabag. Uh, you know, I forget how many episodes that was. I think that was six. It was certainly no more than eight. And so other parts of the world have got this great preoccupation with this new model that we should be making less episodes. And there probably is something in that because maybe that means we can make more content. But the reason we do it in Australia is because there's no money. Mm. And, what it, and what it means is that shows don't have an opportunity to grow and breathe and develop because no TV show, even your favourite TV show, I mean, there's some perfect ones. You know, if you go and watch the Breaking Bad pilot, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. But so many TV shows often take a little bit of time to find their feet and find their rhythm and, and develop. I know that's certainly true of this Disney Channel show. I find the first, it's pretty, it's pretty patchy, the first sort of five episodes. Like, it, it has its moments and then it really settles into its, its groove. So it's a shame when a show doesn't have an opportunity to, to come back and, and consolidate and, and build what it's already um, started. Because it was nominated for... I got nominated, Randy got nominated for actors, the show was nominated. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it wasn't um, well received. So it is, it's a shame all the, all the sort of red tape and, and politics in and around making TV in this country that, that something like that didn't get a chance to continue and, and see where it was going to go. So it is a shame. Yeah, I think that's very prevalent of like, and, and I, know, I know you're passionately political at the moment and I know it's certainly not helpful of recent which probably wouldn't help the funding either, is that our government just cut a massive amount on the arts. Yeah, well, I thought... Oh, and, then roll, re-rolled it, the and then re-rolled it into some weird portfolio yeah, that pretty much just kicks... For the, anyone listening, yeah, yeah, the Australian government has rolled the arts department into the infrastructure department. I mean, I think I said this on, 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 on Twitter to my huge Twitter following. Only 15-year-old kids are only on Instagram. But 
you know, it, it's straight out of the pages of Utopia, which is an Australian comedy, not the Amazon series that's been made now, but just about the the back rooms of, uh, you know, the stuff that goes on behind the scenes in, um, in the running of a country. It, I mean, it's just such a high level of absurdity. It sounds made up. It's straight out of the pages of a comedy. Anyway, it's the truth. Yeah, I think that's, that's a really frustrating part that makes it so hard for us to get serious. I mean, one of my, the, the reason I like, I like going on about the really good stuff we do is mm. because we've got so many misses in the past and then we have shows like Clever Man, that got two seasons and I'm still not sure what happened with the third not happening. Mm. I know it's sort of got a comic attached to it. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, Clever Man was great, yeah. But, like, that was really good. That was sci-fi. How often does Australia do sci-fi? Yeah. Not that often. And yeah. it was sci-fi based in the dreaming and indigenous culture. Like, that's the sort of stuff we need and it had a really good cast. I imagine yeah. it could have been the cast that was made it or either that Ryan Griffin, the writer, just felt that was the line to sort of draw it there, the way it ended, because it did end not on a cliffhanger, so, but I was like, I kind of want more seasons of it, because it's really good, but maybe you saw, hey, it ended on a good note, let's leave it there, not try and drag it out longer than it needs to be, maybe, Um, which is, which is, that's also good, a bit sad, but also good, because you don't want it to go on too long, Yeah, home and away. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's... You know, those those us soaps are obviously such a such a huge huge part of our culture for sure. But yeah, there's still, and you know, I always qualify whenever I start getting on my soapbox about um, the Australian industry. It, it, the reality is that it's a you know we're a small market, even though it's a global market now, and we are kind of at the we're at the start, even though it's been going for a while. We've been creating content and making film and TV mm. for some time. It's still relatively early days, so it makes sense that a lot of those challenges uh, are there. But I do think that at a um, at a perhaps at a, a, a management or a, or a funding level, there are some some questionable decisions being made sometimes. But hey, that's life. <laughs> Just lots of questions for our current government, but that's a that's a podcast for another time, I think. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know, everyone can rest assured if you, you know, if you. I think Rihanna posted a picture today of the that the whole country was on fire. It's okay, the whole country's not on fire. We're going to be all right, but it's uh, it's not good, and it's certainly certainly unprecedented, and certainly our prime minister. For those wondering, yeah, Tasmania is currently not safe, yeah, but yeah, look, it's, we're okay. But I mean, there's 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 problems when you have got someone like Piers Morgan agreeing, with, and you agree with them. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's well, a little that's concerning. You, well, that's when you know that, that's when you know that that's when you know there's really a problem when 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 you find yourself uh, agreeing with with those people. But hopefully, you know, it does feel it's hard to say. Uh, the important thing is after this all dies down, that that people collectively, um, you know, keep the pressure on and and keep the momentum even once the fires are, are out and and the weather cools down. But it does feel, you know, when you have people from from the right side, uh, starting to say that they're they're concerned about what's going on as well. Perhaps this is a, a moment or a, a tipping mm. point in the conversation. Fingers crossed. It's certainly uh, high time that we took a different approach to, uh, you know, transitioning to renewable energy and 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 leading on climate change. So hopefully, there's enough smoke in uh, in people's houses. Uh, <laughs> 
and <laughs> enough fires bearing down on their on their holiday homes that uh, people might 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 sit up and listen this time. Yeah, because on the on the topic of the phone and everything, that's something I also pointed out to Stan is as as Australian creatives, there's also and given you probably aware of this. As an LGBTQIA podcast, we're very aware of the fact of very little Australian content. Every mm. time Home and Away does something, they somehow blow it up really badly. Yeah. And how's, just like, um, how's, Greg, how's Greg Stone's uh, daughter, Georgie, who I think is trans, is on is on Neighbours at the moment? So I don't watch Neighbours. I know. Right, that's, that's okay. Um, I, I used to watch Neighbours as a, um, and, you know, I should be mindful about it talking about it because I, I just mm. know um, uh, of her and, and have seen the, the publicity about it and just wondered what, what it sort of looks like in action. But that, that sounds great that they, they've taken the, the step to do that, to cast someone in that role. It's pretty cool. But I, I haven't seen it. I just wondered if you were a Neighbours fan as well. No, no. It's not, the soaps don't really draw me in, which is no. – and, and therein lies the issue. If that's the only place doing it, why isn't there right. elsewhere doing it? You know, like we've got – like I pointed out to Stan, they've got a whole section of LGBTQIA content. That's great. But not one of them is Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do think it's really true. I mean, again, I'm mindful of sort of getting into the, mm. the week about it when you're not totally across the details. But I do think that's true that we do sort of, I mean, just diversity in general yeah, um, like the I, L word, they're flawed, they're human, they're yeah, yeah. like it's just a, a side thing that they just happen to be LGBTQIA, Definitely, and that's yeah. what I'd like to see more of. Like, like even if it's you know something like the gloaming or catching or whatever, yeah. That even if it's the main character, mm-hmm. we you know we don't we it's always sort of quote unquote a thing mm-hmm. that sort of made the focus point. Yeah, yeah, like we yeah, don't always want that. We sometimes it's just oh oh hey that character's bi cool. Yeah. Their story's really interesting. They're flawed. They're you know yeah. they're not perfect, and that's why I've sort of jumped into the L word generation Q because they're flawed. You know it deals with divorce and mm. you know working with exes and all that sort of thing. And that's the sort of storyline that we massively lack in Australia. Like yeah. anytime there's a person of color cast, it's like hey, we've got a person of colour. Like, that shouldn't be, quote-unquote, a thing. Yeah. Like, it should just be a happy bonus that they're there. Definitely. Like, it shouldn't be, oh, we're, we did a diversity hire. Look at us. Yeah, like, it's And that's a, that's an issue, you know, not only across our community, but also people of colour and just general diversity mm-hmm. that we're lacking. I think that's true. We definitely are. Yeah, I think that's a fair observation. Though. I mean, not not to call it out, but Ricketts Lane probably, I don't think from memory either, had LGBTQIA characters. There was uh, yeah. there was the innuendos, which... Yeah, you definitely, know, definitely. And it does take, like... Uh, that was a different know, time, I, I'm, I'm aware. No, no, Is no. It? Yeah, no. You're, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think it does take, um, you know, there's a, there's a degree of uh, sort of... You know, to begin with, it takes some sort of mindfulness and self-awareness. Like you have to consciously, I know that in talking to the showrunners even of the Disney show, and and you're right in saying that you don't want it to just be a diversity hire, that's yeah. right. But you have to make a real conscious effort, I know, 
just for example, on this on the Disney show, which is a, a kid show, mm. but they, they make a real point, which is, again, different to the way things work in Australia when they hire a writer's room, because we don't really have writer's rooms in Australia, right. to be honest. I've noticed that, actually. Yeah, but and again, that comes down to time and, and money. Sometimes they'll have a limited one, but there's normally still, you know, one or two people that are that are writing it. Like I, I would assume, and I'm just guessing, but mm. maybe on the gloaming, or certainly on Kettering Incident, I think it's all written by Vicky Madden. Maybe with some other people involved. Don't quote me on that. I'm not I sure. There's about true. three or four on the gloaming, from what I could tell. Right. Yeah. But yeah, pri- yeah. Again, primarily Victoria. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so stand thoroughly corrected by anyone out there. If, I'm not sure how many writers there are, but you'll find on an American show, they'll have a writer's room and, you know, talking to the showrunners of our show, they make a real effort to hire a diverse room, which a diversity hires in terms of a writing sense. But what that means is you've got a whole range of voices that are writing from their Mm. own experiences. Um, So they've got, you know, in terms of sexual orientation, orientation, a diverse representation, different ages, different ethnicities, and they make, you know, they have to make a real, in the first instance, they make a real effort to make sure they do that because that's, that means those voices are, are very much in there and part of the show and it's, and it's true and authentic, you know, it's not just, it's not just, it's not just tokenistic and it's not a box ticking yeah, exercise. To- yeah, tokenistic yeah. is exactly what I was going for. Yeah, because there's... Yeah. Andy Mack, I think, is probably the only one I'm massively aware of because yeah, yeah. it's so rare, Twitter talks about it, and so People I don't know about it. mad for that. And actually, when Gabby Duran was, you know, getting promoed, <laughs> and they tag us in stuff, everything, it's now stopped, thankfully. I mean, I love the Andy Mack fans, but anything that got posted about our show on the internet, it was just a thousand comments saying, renew Andy Mack, where's Andy Mack, what is this crap, we want Andy Mack. Fair enough. People love the show. It sounds like maybe potentially that's going to have another life on, on Disney Plus or, or Freeform at some point, I'm sure. But, yeah. Yeah, so we, again, it goes back to what we were saying before. I, I think that we're probably, like with everything, it used to be used to be Tassie was a bit behind in Neighbours, you know, back in the day, back in the sort of 90s. Mm. Neighbours would be up to a certain episode in the mainland and you'd go over to Tassie and it would be like a couple of weeks behind. That's sort of an analogous for, for where we're at, I guess, in our country around a lot of issues, really. I feel like we're just, despite the fact that we're a developed nation and we have really amazing, interesting stories to tell and extraordinary creatives, and I think there's exceptions, but I do think sometimes on those big big things where maybe just a little bit behind where where perhaps we would especially we would with like embracing to. creatives yeah it's like you've either got to have a large following or we're not interested yeah that's like, I mean, that's true that's never, true everywhere but yeah, yeah it, 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 we definitely still have that in this country that you've got to kind of unless you um you know you go away and and uh and and prove yourself overseas then uh then it is hard to hard to get a a leg up here yeah, so it's a range of things, but you know, don't get me wrong, because I always am just very conscious of. Uh, I don't want to stick stick the boot into Australia. I do think that you know <laughs> the stuff that is being created here is you know extraordinary, and we're definitely punching, you know, punching well above our weight in terms of our population and and all the rest of it. But you just know, you know, you know what we're we know what we're capable of. Whether it's uh, whether that's around non-creative issues like you know cl- climate change and renewable energy or, or in terms of our creative industries that we uh, you know you know there's amazing potential there and hopefully it all gets uh, gets realized in in time we'll, we'll get there so i think we're getting there gradually 
you know, with series like, you know, Stan's just done a lineup of like four originals. So, like, I feel like we're getting in there, but then that's only Stan that's doing that. What the hell was everyone else doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's Channel 7, they did Secret Bridesmaids business. That felt like a bit of a letdown because that was the first time I've seen basically all of Twitter because of Katie McGrath go absolutely bonkers over an Australian show trying to go via VPNs to watch it. And, like, this is from, like, America and UK. Like, everywhere's trying to watch it with us. Right, and, right. Like, and then they gave us a really shitty ending that didn't fill in anything, which they, like, it didn't tie up anything. They've sort of gone harsh on whether there's going to be a second season. Probably not, because mm. that's just Australia. Um but it's like that was the content that we're after. It was one of the, probably the best shows that I've seen from Channel 7 in a long time. Mm-hmm. And then we don't get another season of it. It's yeah. like that's what we need more of. But mm. and like I think that was the first time Channel 7's had a, well, a bisexual character mm. and a remotely not R-rated quite, but like an MAE 15 mm-hmm kind of rating on it, there was a lot of fucks dropped, there was semi-nudity, like, mm. that's the sort of stuff we'd like to see more of yeah. on free-to-air, but we just don't get. Like, we yeah. sort of have to rely on only stand for that, and yeah. maybe, I think Tidelands on Netflix did a bit of that. Like, yeah. I don't know whether Australians just being real shy about nudity, because Rake did yeah. that, and then sort of just did not do it from season two onwards. I don't yeah. know what the hell happened. It was yeah. like season one and two were great, and then season four just, what the hell? Yeah. Like, it just went completely sideways, and I don't know what it is with us in that. The gloaming was something that did it well without swearing, though. I will mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. I was going, okay, there's not a lot of swearing here. But it kind of also doesn't need it. Yeah. Like, it's. I'm still enjoying it. Like, it's, it's <laughs> good that that's the case. Yeah. Because. Yeah, you could have you could have dropped some f bombs in there, whatever. Mm. But it still works without it, without them going out of their way just to swear. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of rare for an Australian show, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I think for American listeners, the Nathan, I think from what I can gather, going by the fact they worked with ABC on it, and that's the American ABC, that mm. America probably will get the gloaming at some stage soon. I would yeah, imagine yeah. just going with either ABC Studios connection, which I wasn't expecting because mm-hmm. Australia doesn't work with ABC that much, yeah, apart from yeah, like yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. really. So yeah. it's, is there any other projects coming up for you that we're not aware of? Not really, man. I'm just about to go back and do another season of this show. So I start on February 3rd. So I'm going to fly back to, to LA on Thursday and then I'm going to schlep back up to, to Canada. And, which is where we shoot in Vancouver. Lots of things shoot in Vancouver. I was just going to say that. Yeah, lots, so much shoots in Vancouver. That's right. That's right. And so um, that's another 21 episodes. We won't really be finished until July, I don't think. So just that, really. I can potentially do other things. Um, you know, once I'm done, I'm sort of free. I don't have to exclusively stay wedded to, to Disney. So... The plan for me is to hopefully continue to build a, a little bit of a, a profile in the US, which is the same same as here. Unfortunately, the game is the same everywhere. No mm. one wants to 
no one wants to hire you unless uh, unless they you know they know who you are and and, and feel that you're going to bring some add some value along with your along with your acting chops I suppose so hopefully it's a good chance for me to do that and more opportunities will come down the track but there's the potential for us to do another th- a third season and even a fourth so could be doing uh, Gabby Duran for a, a little while yet and then we'll see what happens after that but but fingers crossed I'll get to to get to do uh, some hopefully work. it does come to Disney plus because Disney plus has been very quick on the renewals thankfully for a lot of us I think it will, yeah. I think, from what I can tell, some of the other, just a quick Google a few weeks ago, there's a few of our other shows that that, that we sort of share the um the schedule with that that are um that have come over here. So I think that will happen, and that'll that'll help the the show's profile, and more people are, are going to see it, and and that's great. And we're very much tied to the lead girl is a girl called Kylie Cantrell, who, in the spirit of all great Disney Channel shows, is a kind of you know, multi-disciplined wunderkind. She's a singer, dancer, actor, and she's in the beginnings of her sort of uh, pop stardom, I suppose, and she's killing it. So our wagon is kind of hitched to her success, and she's doing amazingly well. So I'm sure if Kylie uh, continues her uh, ascent, we, we, we should be okay. We might be able to keep our jobs for a little while yet. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully so. Is there any roles you'd like to do outside of Disney? Or oh, yeah, Disney. yeah, definitely. As you said before, whenever you're an actor, the you know you want to the grass is always greener. You want to do the thing that you're not doing. Um, and since I've gone to the US, I did a lot of theatre in Australia as well. So I went to drama school and trained as a you know an actor in in the theatre. And so I worked for STC and MTC. Well, actually, I never worked for MTC. That's a lie. But for for Belvoir and Sydney and Griffin and Bell Shakespeare. So I spent a lot of time on stage. So it's weird not doing theatre anymore. I got an email the other day about a potential theatre job in Australia, but I don't think it's going to work out timing-wise and and for different reasons. But, you know, when I saw it there, I was like, ah, oh, man, that would be so good if I could just come and do that. I and, hope it wasn't know, for Rocky Horror in Hobart because that would be heartbreaking. No, it wasn't. I'd be good in Rocky Horror. That would be fun. Um, but, um, but, but, yeah, so – and I'd love to do more – I'd love to do drama and, and I'd love to do, you know, get transition obviously back over to doing, uh, doing adult, adult TV at some point. But yeah, something, um, something serious would be fun and something on stage would be fun, but that's life as an actor. You you kind of constantly have to keep reminding yourself to, um, just relax and, and, and be where you are and enjoy the thing that you're doing because of course, you're not always always working, so try and make the most of the the job you've got, and uh, we'll see what happens after that. I think I think that's a solidly good spot to leave leave that on. I think. <laughs> yeah, I know it did feel like a bit of a full stop, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. Thank you once again for giving up your time to chat with us, Nathan. No problem. It was awesome. I, I'm I'm thrilled to be talking to a, a fellow Tasmanian and someone with an Australian accent, no less. <laughs> Still got that. I don't think it's going anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) I've been your host, TJ, alongside Nathan Lovejoy, and we'll see you all in the next episode.